listening to the HR Mixtape, your podcast with the perfect mix of practical advice, thought-provoking interviews, and stories that just hit different so that work doesn't have to feel, well, like work. Now, your host, Sherry Simpson. Joining me today is Kim Nemkovich. She's the Senior HR Business Continuity Manager at Amazon. She started life in retail and e-commerce and HR about 16 years ago, and in the last few years has found her wheelhouse in building teams and driving work culture improvements. She leads with humor, empathy, and tears. Her ultimate goal is being authentic and genuine to help her team deliver results. Kim, thank you so much for jumping on with me today. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's a pleasure. So you pride yourself on not being, you know, the run of the mill HR person. So I thought we could kick things off by maybe you sharing a memorable incident or moment uh, where your unique approach to HR really shined. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it, it took me a while to find my HR style. Um, for a long time, I didn't know if I could actually cut it in HR because my first HR job, I was very different than my peers and the other folks that had the same role. And so I I tried to be more like them. I, you know, felt uncomfortable doing that. And of course, I was then second guessing my own intuition. And so over time, I really found that, you know, when you find your HR people, so to speak, right, the ones that you see yourself in, it really helps you find your own voice and be confident in who you are, right? Because there's just so many different types of people who work in HR and uh, you want to find the ones that help you find your own voice as well. Um so uh, one of the things that I've, uh, you know, experienced and, and focused on a lot is development of, of my team and the teams I work with, um, just trying to impart whatever knowledge or learnings I've gained over the years, right? And I was conducting a mock interview with a leader that was up for promotion, right? Helping with the format of their responses, digging in from our data and results, and just really trying to test him, right? And at the end of the mock, before I could stop myself, I told him there was no way in hell I would ever promote him, right? And a little aggressive, right? A little, a little forward for HR and certainly probably shouldn't have used the H word. But then I went into telling him all the things that he did wrong. Right. And he just kind of sat there in shock knowing he had done poorly, but maybe not ready to hear just how poorly. And then I told him all the things I recommended he should do to prepare. And that was going to be an additional 40 hours of work on top of his current 60 hour work week. And so he kind of whimpered out of my office and looked defeated. Right. And um, two weeks later, he shows up and he's got this huge grin on his face, right? And he'd passed the interview loop and got promoted. And he told me that the direct feedback that I gave him was his catalyst, right? Like if it hadn't been delivered that way, if I just said, well, you know, you could really do these things, he wasn't going to take the same like aggressive approach to really reformatting everything and taking a, a different approach. So um, that part is like exciting for me, right? Because I'm glad he got promoted and I wanted to help him. You know, James is a great manager. He still is to this day. Um, but what I love most about that is now I still have people that reach out, other leaders in the company that say, hey, I talked to James. I'm going for promotional interviews. He really recommended that I mock interview with you um, based on your feedback you've provided him. What a great testament to how HR can show up in a really transparent way. And, and I'm sure that you delivered that message with compassion, but also very clearly um, so that, you know, James was prepared to hear it. it. You know, I think sometimes we sugarcoat things and people sometimes just need that really authentic, raw information to be able to hear it in the moment. So I love that story. You know, how have you taken some of those tactics and used them for really building your own HR team? 
I think in a lot of ways, um, it's that forward openness that gives the team the opportunity to understand where they're going, right? And what the um, right approach can be. And if I'm not direct with them, um, it gets wishy-washy, right? And I've, I've gotten that feedback before too, right? Where, you know, I'm not really clear on what the de deliverable is and what you want from me, um, where I'm thinking, oh, I'm, t I'm telling them to think big and make up their own plans and decisions. And so it really, uh, you know, without that directness, it really can be challenging, not just to build the team, but also to give them the right guidance to help them feel confident in what they're going to do. I know that throughout your career and your messaging, you have mentioned leading with humor and empathy and maybe occasionally tears. I'm curious, how do you see these aspects shaping the culture and companies that you've worked with? Oh, I love this question. So one of my favorite quotes um, is laughter through tears is my favorite emotion. And Dolly Parton, um, that was her character in the movie Still Magnolias who said that. And I, you know, definitely funnel her into my life in many ways, both personally and professional. Um, but I think, you know, my approach is wearing my emotions on my sleeve. I share my fears and my excitement in equal measure with the teams. And I found that by humbling myself in front of others it has helped them to feel open too. And these human feelings are what gives the business life, right? That's what helps show why we spend 40 or more hours a week together with these folks by choice. Um, how the com And then how the company's policy is applied by these humans is, is what shapes the culture, right? So it's not just this policy shapes the culture. It's how we take it, interpret it, and apply it um, in a variety of different ways. And like I've worked in retail customer facing um, HR roles. I've worked in distribution or fulfillment center roles. And for the last four years, I've been in more virtual and traveling roles supporting a logistics network. And in each of those, I've experienced happy, sad, angry, and even scary moments uh, with my coworkers and, and with my directs. And in many of these situations, I've needed to be the voice of reason and take the appropriate action. And if you haven't already shown the team your true self, they don't trust you in those moments. And that's the thing I try to impart on my leaders um, within the organization, right? Like be yourself, show who you are, and don't feel like you have to separate your personal and your professional lives. You are one person and it all applies in both spaces. You know, there's so much truth to showing up as your authentic self and in an in all the ways that you're messy, you know, I've shared on the podcast a little bit about, about my sons. Um, I am a, a military mom. I have three kids in the military and my youngest just went to boot camp uh, in June. And it, that was a hard time for me. It's the first time I've been an empty nester and going through not having children at home anymore and being able to show up at work and say, you know what? I'm a little soft emotionally this day. So <laughs> this is this is the level you're going to get out of me today has been um, one of the most things I've appreciated with with the work I do and, and the supervisors and the teams that I work with, because I do have that space to show up as my authentic self. You know, as you've worked with your HR teams, I think sometimes we can fall into lots of people can fall into, you know, the the Monday morning blues or the Sunday scaries or whatever, whatever the the catchphrase is. And I always think of um, office space when she's, you know, answering the phone and like the face of the Mondays, yes, face of the Mondays. How do you keep your HR team motivated with some of the tactics you've talked about? So they go into Mondays with a full cup and their cup stays full you know, throughout the week. 
that's it's a challenge, right? And it, it depends on how your team is set up and how interactive you are. Uh, you know, my team right now, we're all virtual. So I sit in my office at home. They sit in their offices at home. You know, fortunately, we're going to meet this week and, and see each other in person, which is nice. But, you know, it's about staying connected through each of the different like ways that we run off separately during the week, right? So we have a team meeting each Monday and, you know, being virtual, it helps us connect. We discuss our plans, the challenges that we're facing, right? And I like to try to understand like, what can I either remove from their plate or change or deprioritize to help them feel like they have the uh, time and energy and support to get through that week. Um, I like to find out about their weekend, you know, what, what, what did their, you know, kids' fifth birthday party, how, you know, how did it go? Um, how did the cake turn out, right? I have uh, one person on my team who makes these beautiful cakes. And so always asking about those, you know, did they go camping? How was the trip? You know, they, I have a Denver Nuggets fan who was very excited uh, very recently because they won the championship. So it was kind of asking more and understanding more about their personal lives. And and doing it because you care, I think, makes an impact too. And, and that's one of the challenges that I... Um, try to help our leaders overcome is you don't just ask to get a result. You ask because you care. And if you don't care, it's going to show. Right. Um, but I try to make sure that we're talking about both personally and professional kind of harkens back to my previous, you know, the previous question you asked me, we're the same person. We're just doing different things in our personal and professional lives. Um, you know, and so I try to, to maintain it to that week, right. Cause you're right. It's, 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 40, 50, 60 hours, depending on what's going on of, you know, trying to tackle the biggest problems um, that we've seen in our careers. And so on Wednesdays, I have the team recap their project statuses and outline their challenges for the rest of the week so that I can jump in and escalate, um, you know, get our leadership involved more to, to solve more problems. Um, and at the same time, we've built out some mechanisms for engagement that help us to connect and learn about each other, right? So if we don't have the mechanism, it's just going to fall by the wayside because it's not in our top goals or priorities for the company or for our team. Um, you know, so like we'll try things. Last week, we had World Music Day. Um, everyone shared their favorite songs and why they loved it in our Slack channel. And we made it into a playlist. And now we all have it to enjoy and listen to everybody's songs and, you know, kind of get to know each other and, and understand what people do to decompress or, you know, why they love a song or things like that. Um, and I think one of the things that's had the most longstanding impact about four years ago, I started something with um, one of my previous teams and it was called a thankful Thursday call. And we would each jump on. It was at the end of the day. And we would say one thing that we are professionally thankful for and one that we're personally thankful for. And it was just such a great way to wrap up our Thursday um, and be ready to just finalize the week on Friday and, and go in with a positive attitude. How have you supported your employees when they're empty. And, and a lot of times in HR, we can reach that where we've, we've given so much, we have empathy burnout, we have compassion fatigue, and, and we still are giving high discretionary effort, you know? And so we walk into our HR leader's office and safe space, right? And so you kind of lose yourself for a moment. Um, how do you help people engage when they're in that moment? Because yeah. HR can be a very taxing role to be in. Oh, absolutely. Um, I can't count the number of times that someone's cried in my office and I cry with them. Um, and I don't know if that's helping, but it certainly uh, connects us, right? I feel their pain when they when they come in. And I think a lot of HR professionals have that same impact, right? Of, of you sit there and you, you live in that moment with them. Um, and then it's really kind of up to me to find out what, what can 
help them through it. Um, versus listening, right? I think so often we're problem solvers, right? We want to make everything better. I'm always like constantly like, what, what do you need? What can I do? How can I do it? And I'm like, when do I ask that for myself? Right. And so I try to flip it and say, okay, let me hear what they're saying. Let me see if there are things that are pressing in their statements that could be uh, impacted by something I do, right? Can I give them an extra day off? Do they need to finish out the day? Do I need to send them a little care package, right? I had a girl, bless her heart. She lost two weeks worth of work because her computer crashed. Um, and we were launching the training that she had created the following week, mini heart attack, right? I think back to college and all the papers that I lost because I fell asleep because I stayed up way too late trying to write them. Right. But, you know, in her instance, like she had no, there was, there was nothing that could be done except we needed time and we needed, you know, space to get it done. And, you know, we expanded or uh, not expanded, extended out the time um, so that we could get her that extra time to pull it back together. Um, I sent her a little care package, right. It was something simple. You know, she lives, thousand miles away. Um, but that's the joy of things like DoorDash and Grubhub and all of those where you can, you know, if you have somebody's address, you can send them a little package, a little treat. And so send her some caffeinated drinks, send her some desserts, send her, you know, a card, you know, trying to help her see that, you know, I've got her back and whatever she needs, I'll do it. And while I, there was nothing we could determine on that call that I could fix, here's something to show, like, you're doing a great job you're going to get through this, you know, and, and wherever I can help, let me know. And um, I, I think it's those moments of listening, asking the question of what can I do? Also knowing that a lot of times people won't say, oh, here's what I need or here's because they're they're in it. They're stuck. Um, and, and so taking what they've told you and trying to find ways to solve their problem um, when they're just too deep in it. Yeah, there's so many times you can be just so deep. And as you were sharing that, that story about her losing all of her stuff, I just, I, I felt that in my soul. Cause I have been there where you've been working so passionately on something and you, the second time around just isn't as good. Let's be honest. Like you kind of gave a hundred percent the first time around and not that it's going to be bad, but like, it's like, it's like when you take a test, right. And they tell you not to go back and change your answer. Cause your first answer is probably right. the correct one. You know, you, you've, you've shared, you know, a lot about your journey and about your approach to building your HR team, but you kind of fell into HR, which a lot of us have who are in the HR space. I'd love to hear your story and how you got into HR. Yeah, it's it's interesting because when I was in high school, college, you know, you're going through that career search of what do I want to do, what do I want to be when I grow up. I didn't know that HR existed. I, I literally didn't know what human resources meant. Um, I knew companies had them, but I was never. I just it just sounded. I don't know. Okay. Um, so when I went to school, I went to school for graphic design. Um, I plan to move to the big city after that and get a job in, in graphic design after college. Um, you know, I went to Youngstown State University, which is a, you know, a smaller state school in between Cleveland and Pittsburgh. So I figured I'd land in one of those two. I ended up landing in Pittsburgh. And uh, after I moved there, I, I actually ended up doing an internship in San Francisco with a graphic design firm. And uh, I found that I really didn't like creating designs for other people. Um, that control freak in me, uh, you know, learned that other people, in my opinion, um, had horrible taste. And I could not stand that they were ignoring my professional advice. Like, I'm, I went to school for this. I know what I'm talking about, right? 
um, that young confidence, that bravado that you have. Um, so when I moved to Pittsburgh and, and, uh, you know, was completing that internship and I was like, oh man, I don't know. Now I've got to search for a different career. Um, I started working for a big box retailer and I was overseeing a couple different departments while I was searching for, you know, what am I going to land in? My supervisor there actually identified that maybe I'd be a good fit for their executive leadership program. And I was like, leadership, what's that? Right. Um, and so I started taking some of the classes that they have. And eventually I actually interviewed for their salaried leadership roles and was fortunate enough to, to get that. Um, and then they asked the question of, well, which role do you feel is best for you? And, you know, they've got all the, you know, I'm in, in retail, so it's, you know, sales floor, logistics, you know, guest experience or customer experience roles. Um, anybody who worked where I worked will now know exactly which company I'm talking about. Cause I said guest experience, just spoiler <laughs> alert. Um, but, uh, after working there for a while, I, I was like, I saw that HR was the role that got to drive, you know, engagement and fun. And they were always, you know, talking to the team and, you know, getting to share positive messages and, you know, it's different everywhere, but it was like, I, I want to have that experience where I can focus more on people than on a process, right? I didn't want to set planograms and, you know, run a register or that sort of thing. And so, you know, between that and seeing that they got to be on conference calls, which I thought was so cool, little did I know how uncool they are. Um, but, you know, as I went through that process, I was like, I think I want to do HR. And um, either fortunately or unfortunately enough, they put me in it, right? They're like, okay, we're going to let you do this. Like, you've never had a leadership role before. Put you in HR, which I don't know. I don't know that I trust their judgment on that. But thankfully, it worked. Um, you know, and the rest is history. Uh, since then, I've had probably, mm, I should have probably done the math, seven or eight different roles um, in a variety of different, you know, two different companies, really, that I've worked in HR for both large companies um, and both very different styles. And I think uh, I would have never found this on, on the path I was on. So I'm really appreciative that, you know, I tanked that internship. <laughs> like it's, it's a really good thing that graphic design was not my, my uh, ending career because I think it would have been much shorter and uh, I'm, I'm a better person for working in human resources. <laughs> If we could take anything away from that story, it's conference calls are not cool. I absolutely love that you had that mentality going into it because um, that that warms my heart because I completely agree. You know, you shared throughout our conversation some really cool tactical things that I just wanted to highlight around, you know, supporting your team, you know, send them a little something, a treat. It doesn't have to be this big, grandiose gesture. It can just be like, hey, I'm thinking about you. Um, I wrote down thankful Thursdays. Love that. I'm sure our listeners can totally steal that. And then the last one, the team playlist. think that is a genius idea because there's there's always go-to songs for, hey, my workout go-to song, my chill in my office song, my like full my laundry song, all that stuff. Yeah. You know, being that we're on the HR mixtape, and you think about your own kind of journey, you know, what would you say is like your opening track or your triumphant closer, like some of the things that you think of um, as those pillars for your HR journey? Yeah, when I think about that, this is a tough one, because you think about 15 years, and how do you boil it down to those three, you know, kind of sections of your life? And I think the first part was so much growth, right? And and learning and understanding what leadership is and then human resources itself, right? I think that first part was trying to be successful 
by doing everything on my own, right? I spent years thinking that I had to do all the work. And I finally learned that when I hit a wall, that I had to teach my team to take on new things, allow myself to step up into larger spaces and take on new challenges as well. Because if I was going to try to, you know, run the world, like, like Beyonce, right? Who runs the world, right? I thought I was going to run it all by myself, but no, it's all of us. If you use our, you know, resources appropriately. And, and it took, I mean, I want to say it was like a four to five year time frame of me getting real close to burnout. Um, because I just tried to do everything on my own. I, I think as I was learning that I couldn't do everything by myself, I also then learned that my team's successes lead to my own successes as well, right? Um, as a leader, you typically have far more tasks, uh, or sorry, not far more, far fewer tasks uh, that you accomplish, right? Like I'm not ticking off a list of, you know, create this or do that. It's more check in with this person, you know, read up on that, uh, follow up on this document. It's it's never the, the same, you know, uh, personally, I get like nice dopamine hits, right? When you check something off the list and uh, it's less of that in a leadership role. It's, it's the follow-up, it's support, it's removing barriers and adjusting your mind to supporting others um, completing their work is a game changer. And that's, I think, where I really felt my ability as a leader um, expand a lot more. Uh, I feel immense pride for the accomplishments of my teams. Um, the remarkable individuals that came together and they made so much impact. And without me learning that they needed to be successful um, and that I was the you know, barrier buster for them, uh, they wouldn't have had the right support to achieve as much as they have. Um, and then I think with the closing track, um, it's about embracing failure as a teaching tool. Um, none of us want to fail, right? It hurts. I know I get disappointed in myself. I'm my worst critic. I, I think, um, you know, a lot of times we feel like we've let others down. We get nervous about our own ability to accomplish things, right? Um, and so I take time after each project, whether it's a good project that had great results or one that had some opportunities that we're going to need to work through, um, you know, to meet with the owners and, and talk about what did go well, right? Because even even in bad projects um, or ones with bad results, there's still good things that that come from that. Um, what could have gone better and, and how they're going to apply what they learned on future projects, right? It's simple, you know, follow up and, and you know, check and correct. Um, but I think I focus on talking about the tough stuff, and then moving on, right? Don't belabor it, get, you know, past it, find ways to make it successful, right? Like, you know, they say failing up is a bad thing, right? Meaning you're you're not that great and somehow you keep failing up the ladder, right? Um, I, I think of this as kind of failing forward um, so that it doesn't have the negative connotation, right? Using what we mess up to help us take the right steps down the path. I love that. What a great outline for a future in HR. Start with growth, Learn about developing your team and successes and then leverage failure for continued growth as you continue your career. Love those, Kim. What a great discussion. Thanks for taking a few minutes of your day to chat with me. Thank you so much for having me, Sherry. It's been so fun. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can find show notes and links at thehrmixtape.com. Come back often and please subscribe, rate, and review. 